Welcome to another exciting episode of Feasting at the Table with Grace Tom Lawyer. Feasting at the Table is a Bible study program that seeks to apply the truth of God's word to our everyday life. It is a feast and so there's something for everyone. Get ready for a fresh, anointed and timely word from God. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are continuing our study on the faithfulness of God. And we've said that Abraham is our prototype. Last week, we were looking at Genesis chapter 17. And we had a few things from that chapter, um, that particular session that we gleaned from. We gleaned the fact that God had appeared to Abraham, spoken to him. I mean, that was two weeks ago. And then we began to look at God's conversation with Abraham and how God decided to put a covenant between himself and Abraham. And that for the covenant that God had with Abraham, there were conditions, there were things that Abraham was to do. We said that Abraham experienced the faithfulness of God by his obedience, that he was obedient to the terms that God had given to him. We said that immediately after God had finished speaking, Abraham went to tax. He went and he got himself circumcised and not just himself. He got his himself, his son and the whole family with him. We said that if we are going to experience the faithfulness of God, we should be people who could influence our families correctly, influence the people who are under us correctly, making ourselves an example of the things that we are asking for. Abraham did not ask them to be circumcised Why he was not circumcised. He did for himself and then his son Ishmael and then for the other person. Another thing we gleaned from there also is the fact that God was God is big enough to accommodate our mistakes. Although Ishmael had come already, he was not part of the covenant. God was still able to accommodate Ishmael. But we said that sometimes we want to consider Ishmael because we're thinking about God in our smallness. We're thinking about, Abraham could decide to say, let Ishmael live because he's thinking about the impossibility of him and Sarah actually ever having a child. We said that the, the revelation of God is progressive. That for the first time in all of the conversations between God and Abraham, God told Abraham this time around that it was Sarah that was going to give birth to this promised child. God also mentioned that it was the land of Canaan. We said that our revelation of God goes precept by precept and precept by precept. We said also that there were changes of names. New names were given. There was the name Abraham changed to Abraham. There was Sarai changing to Sarah. There was also the name of God being revealed. And then there was the name Isaac that was given. We said the only name that was not changed was the name Ishmael. And that why Ishmael was not changed was because Ishmael is a thing of the flesh. That there is nothing from the flesh that we're ever going to do that. We please God. If we are going to please God, if we are going to experience the faithfulness of God, then we should burn as it were all the works of the flesh, knowing pretty well that whatever we produce from the flesh is not going to do anything great when it comes to the promises of God. We also talked about the fact that by the time Abraham changed his name to Abraham and began to call himself this name, asked for a change of the name of him and his wife, that they had day, that was daily reminders every day about the promises of God. And one of the things we said last week was, do we have daily reminders? Do we have daily pictures? Do we have Bible verses? Do we have things in our lives that reminds us of the promise of God, of those things that God has spoken to us concerning us in his word because one of the very first things we learned at the very beginning of this study when we talked about the faithfulness of God was we looked at the several attributes of God we looked at the fact that listen God is faithful this is one of his attributes and if we don't understand that if we cannot get into that then it will be difficult for us to work with him because every work with God requires 
an amount and a degree of faith that when we refuse to believe God, what we are saying is that we are calling him a liar. We are saying we're reducing him to ourselves and saying that oh, he cannot do what he said he can do. And that's why I believe that the very first thing that God said to Abraham in Genesis chapter 17 is the fact that he is the El Shaddai. And we talked about that extensively last week, um, last two weeks, I believe. And um, if you do want to listen more to more about that, you could just go to last week's. I believe that was part 23. For today, we are going to continue in our study. And I'm excited because we are going very soon to the very crux of the story where we'll see fully, finally, the faithfulness of God, what God had promised Abraham. We'll soon see him come to pass. So I'm just so excited. So bear with me today and bear with my excitement. So let's turn our Bibles this this morning out that same morning and i realized that well it could be whatever time you're listening to me whatever time it is let's turn our bibles we are going to be looking at genesis chapter 18 and i'll read from verse 1 to verse 2 and we'll stop there and continue the bible says then i'm reading from the new international version genesis chapter 18 then the lord appeared to abraham Notice his name has changed now. Near the great trees of Mare, while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day, Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them, and he bowed low to the ground. He said, verse 3, If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then may you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so that you can be refreshed and then go on your way now that you have come to your servant. Um, I, I think I love this because he says so many things. Just reading this says so many things about this man, Abraham, that we've been studying. There's so many things that he says. I tell you, child of God, Abraham could have just, while he was sitting down under the tree, he could have just seen those men, closed his eyes and thought, please, let me have my siesta. Why should I disturb myself? But the Bible says that the Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mary. And I, I don't know if you remember, we've talked about Mary before and what it means in the life of Abraham. The Bible says that it was in the heat, you know, of the day. And Abraham looked up and saw these three men standing nearby and he ran to go and meet them. He hurried from the entrance of the tent. He made attempt. He was the one who went forward to meet them. Several people have said different things. Some people have said that, oh, Abraham recognized that it was God, hence he went to go and meet them. But the Bible tells us also in the book of Hebrews, the Bible tells us that we should be careful to entertain strangers for people have done so and have entertained angels unaware. And a lot of people believe that that was referring to Abraham who saw these angels, who, who as it were, these were not just angels, this was God coming in the flesh with two other angels coming to meet his friend Abraham. And because of the disposition of Abraham, we see Abraham meeting God. I tell you, one of the very things that we need to recognize Recognize really as children of God is the fact that the God that we serve is a very everyday God. I, I don't know how to put that. How I'm, I'm going to rephrase that in such a way. Uh, let me see. Going to rephrase that in such a way. Yes. Okay. I think I'll say it better this way. It's important for us to. Uh, to realize as children of God that God is very much concerned with our everyday life. He is very much concerned with what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. God could appear to us in the spectacular, but most times, child of God, we don't really live in the spectacular. Most times, it's not usually the mountaintops. It's our everyday thing. It's our everyday thing as we go. You know, because sometimes we, we, we could be looking for that special manifestation of God, that spectacular manifestation. But I tell you, child of God, God is involved in our 
day-to-day activities. God can meet us in our day-to-day activities. I love it the way the message puts it. Said, let your everyday eating, drinking, whatever you do, let it all be to the glory of God. That is how God wants us to live our life. And that's what we see Abraham doing. This is how Abraham lives his life. He's not in church. He's not in church where he has to smile to everybody there, you know, and be nice. In his house, he is nice. In his house, he is kind. This is kindness being displayed. And this is part of the fruit of his spirit. This is what God is expecting us to do. He sees people. He sees strangers and he feels, oh, let me do something to make their life better. Hallelujah. Child of God, if we're going to experience the faithfulness of God, <laughs> I don't want to say this, but I, I think we're going to experience the faithfulness of God. I think there's a need for us to be nice to the people around us and not just the people around us, nice to strangers also, to people who perhaps may not be able to do anything for us. People who perhaps will look at them and there's nothing at all to gain from them at all. I mean, these were strangers. These were people he just saw and he was nice to them. The Bible says he ran to meet them. He he deferred as him to them. He honored them. He bowed down low to the ground and he said, oh, come, come to my house. He offered hospitality. He didn't know them from anywhere. He was sitting down. He was resting. I mean, I'm sure he had other things he had done really then. I was just trying to waste. And he saw these people on a journey. He saw these people during the heat of the sun. And perhaps he just said to himself, he put himself in their position. You know, he put them in his own position. I thought that if I was under the sun at this particular time, what would I be liking to do? I'd like to get some cold water. I'd like to get some food. I'd like to get something. I don't want to be going under the heat of the day. That was the way Abraham related. And child of God, I know there's several times we say Abraham's blessings are mine. There are several times we say that we are children of Abraham, but I believe that these things in the life of Abraham are pointers to how this man was able to experience the faithfulness of God. Because I tell you, child of God, why he's doing the right things in the ordinary, he meets God extraordinarily. Hallelujah. And let me put it again. I said, why he's going about his life in the ordinary in such a way that pleases God, he actually meets God. Because when he saw these three men that he didn't know from anywhere, he decided to extend hospitality to them. And then guess what? He finds out that he's actually entertaining God. Glory to God in the highest hallelujah glory to god in the house so there is a very very great need for us if we are going to experience the faithfulness of god we need to understand that god is not just about the spectacular God is involved. He wants an intimate day-to-day fellowship with him. Day-to-day fellowship with him. Day-to-day fellowship. God and Abraham meet him. God, God comes in the flesh and Abraham recognizes him. We don't know if he recognizes that this he is the one or he is not the one, but Abraham shows hospitality and meets those people. Glory to God in the highest. And he meets those people and he begins to ask them to come for a meal. You know when you go for a meal with someone, you know that's one of the things that touches the hearts of people. That's one of the things that breaks defense when you call people to eat because when you're eating together it's a way of socializing it's a way of breaking defense between people and everyone calls these people he doesn't ask or find out from them it doesn't ask or find out from them, what can you do for me? Or where have you been? Or how can I gain from you? No, he decides to serve them. The man that's going to experience the faithfulness of God is going to be a man who is concerned about people. Glory to God in the highest. He's going to be a man that God can meet. He's going to be a man that God can easily touch as it were to meet people. Um, how, how do I want to even put it? A man that's going to experience the faithfulness of God is somebody that's going to be the hands of God as it were. He's going to be someone who is going to be the legs of 
of God. It's going to be someone who it's not going to be difficult at all for God to have him do something for him. Glory to God in the highest. We see our father Abraham here. We just see him here loving on God. We just see him here meeting God at the point of his need. And that's how God was able to come to meet him. That's how God was able to come. That, that's how he was able to experience this promise of God that he had been believing God for. Because child of God, sometimes we're believing God for seeds or things and we don't know that the answer is just nearby. And it's our attitude, what we do with the answer, what we do with the answer that has come wrapped up perhaps in an inconvenience, wrapped up perhaps in a, in a way that we're like, oh, we need to get up, we need to do something for that. And sometimes, child of God, we've missed some of our answers. We've had our answers come back again to us just because we are not on the watch out, just because we are waiting for the spectacular. We forget that God meets us in our ordinary. So let's go further down. The Bible says in verse 5 that Abraham says to him, let me get you something to eat. Glory to God in the highest. Abraham says, let me get you something to eat so that you can be refreshed and then go on your way now that you have come to your servant. Glory to God in the highest so that you can be refreshed and go on your way. He's doing this not with anything in mind. He's doing this. He's not He's not being good because he's expecting to get, get them to invite him to himself. No, 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 no child of God. He's not He's. He's not doing any of that. He's doing that out of the disposition of his heart. What is the disposition of our heart? What is our heart towards strangers? What is our heart towards people that God brings across our path? People that may seem as if we're insignificant. People that may seem as if we're like they have nothing to offer. These people are going on their way and Abraham is going out of his way to make them comfortable. And guess what the Bible says? They said, very well, the answer, do as you say. The Bible says in verse 6, so Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three seeds of the finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. And then he goes on to say, then he ran to the head and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some cuts and milk and the calf that had been prepared and said this before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Um, I love to think about this. Whenever, um, when, when, I, when I read this, one of the things that came to me was Abraham was a team player. He was someone who knew how to make use of the members of his team. He didn't do everything. He was able to delegate. He was able to involve people. He said to Sarah, oh, Sarah, you do this. He said to the servants, oh, you go and get this. And there were some things he did. He also did not just start commanding everybody and didn't do anything. He was not just staying there thinking I'm the head of the house. You do this, you do this. No. See, Abraham was involving people. He was delegating things to people. He was making use of the team. And child of God is important for us. If we're going to carry out all that God has sent us to do. There's no way we're going to do it alone. There's no way we're going to do it by ourselves. We would need people. I tell you, we need people. We need people. We need to make use of the people around us. And just making use of the people around us, being able to get them to do specific things at specific times means understanding them, understanding their strengths, understanding their weaknesses. He knew the things he could ask Sarah to do. He knew the things he could ask that other servant to do. But he could ask Sarah, Sarah as a partner. You know, Sarah didn't go home and say, hey, listen, this is not part of my plan. Plan today when I had my to do list today, this was not part of the plan because guess what? They didn't even know that this was a visitation from God. And it is beautiful because the Bible makes us understand that God called Abraham his friend. This was a friendly visitation. In short, four times in the Bible, the Bible makes us understand that Abraham is called the friend of God. If we look at three times, if we look at second second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 7, we see God referring to Abraham as his friend. If we look at Isaiah chapter 41, verse 8, God refers to Abraham as his friend. And James chapter 2, verse 23, God, God, 
refers to Abraham as his friend. And God also, when Jesus was speaking to his disciples, he said, listen, I no longer call you, you know, servants. I call you friends. Why? Because I am telling you the things I want to do. I'm able to fellowship. We see here, if we're going to be friends, there's a need for us to be able to fellowship with God. There's a need for us to be able to receive him. There's a need for us to be available for the friendship because Abraham puts himself here. He's been available for the friendship. Friendship also requires hospitality. And Abraham makes a lot of effort when he comes to this hospitality because that was expensive. Oh, this is what I'm going to do. I mean, that was effort. That was it. There was expense in that, uh, in that thing. He was able to do it spontaneously. Abraham was the kind of person who saw these people and decided to say, let me get you something to eat. Let me do something for you so that you'll be refreshed. Let me make life better for you. I tell you, child of God, God is going to meet us as we're meeting the needs of the people around us. Glory to God in the highest. God is going to meet us as we meet the needs of the people around us. If we're going to experience the faithfulness of God, then our eyes cannot be shut to the needs around us. Because the Bible says something in the book of Proverbs that he that shut his eyes to the ears, you know, shut his ears to the ear, to the cry of the poor, that he's also going to cry and the Lord will not answer. Child of God, what are our, what, are, what, what, what do we do when we hear the needs of the poor, when we see things around us, when God, because sometimes some of these things are not money. It's not every time we need to give money. Sometimes it's part of our time. Sometimes it's part of what we do. We just get up and we do things. Sometimes that's just what it is. God makes a way. God changes things around. God brings a need. God puts a need to our notice. God just notices in our heart something to do for someone. And, and God's just expecting us to do that. And when we do that, child of God, we get something different all together. The Bible says here that Abraham made the members of his team to do something. He called the whole of the Abrahamic household. He says, Sarah, you do this. And Sarah didn't say, oh, well, you know, that's not in my plan for the day. No, no, no. The Bible makes us understand that Sarah went ahead to do those things. Abraham also too went ahead to do this thing. Guess what the Bible says in verse 6? It says, take three seeds of the finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. And he told her to hurry about it. Not just any hard thing, something fresh, something nice. He went and he selected a choice tender cup, gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare. They were doing all these things in a hurry. This I, I don't even know how to explain this, but it just shows the heart of this man, Abraham. This man, Abraham, that we're studying, this man who is the prototype of the faithfulness of God. Look at his heart. Look at what he's doing with people that he doesn't even know, with people that are not going to, as it were, reward him tomorrow. People that are not going to call him tomorrow to come and get that same hospitality. He's doing all of this for them. The Bible says, and he did all of that. And then he brought it and he spread it before them and he stood near them on, under a tree as they ate fellowship in the ordinary. God is calling us to fellowship. If we're going to experience the faithfulness of God, we must be ready to make time for fellowship. Abraham then asked everybody to do all the things and they went to lie down and like, okay, when you people finish eating, you can go away. No. Abraham was standing there as these people were eating. He was standing there just as these people were eating, making chance, making as it were. A, a place for these people to fellowship with him. And the Bible says that um, as he, st he stayed there, then these people asked him, where is your wife, Sarah? That's in verse 9. And that's interesting because then you begin to wonder, who are these people? Who are these people that know the name of my wife? So that's why some people think, oh, maybe perhaps Abraham knew who they were or all of that. But I tell you, child of God, Abraham would not have experienced all this if he was not being hospitable to these people. God would not have been known except through his previous knowledge of them. Yes, Abraham saw them, but God would not have known except through his previous knowledge of them. God has been displaying himself to Abraham with a lot of splendor and glory. But in this time, God, Abraham comes in the ordinary just to share a meal in the ordinary just to share a meal 
we see Abraham here behaving as it were as a mature behavior, shifting the attention from himself, from taking care of himself to others, being hospitable, being there. And he stood after all that he had done, he stood. And then they said to him, where is your wife, Sarah? And there in the tent, he said, and verse 10, Bible says, then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife will have a son. Glory to God in the highest Glory to God in the highest. He did not know that was the day. He, he had no idea that this was the day. This was this was the day that there was going to be an announcement again, a reinforcement again of the promises of God. Child of God, you know, one of the things I've discovered is that when God gives you a promise over and over again, he continues to retreat that promise. He continues to retreat it sometimes through his word, sometimes through people. You know, it doesn't come as a surprise. When people come to give us a prophecy, when people come to give us things, guess what? It, this is another principle. We see that they are not saying something that Abraham did not know at all. A prophecy, a word of prophecy is not supposed to be something that will come to you as it were, novel, new. You've never heard anything like that before. No. We see these people saying to Abraham what God had been saying to Abraham at different times and different places. God had been saying to Abraham, listen, you will have a son. In short, the last time when we were reading in chapter 17, we found out that God had actually come to Abraham and said to him, it's your wife, Sarah, that will give you a son. Make no mistake about it. This one that is 90 year old it looks like what can come out of this that is the person that will give you a son and then God comes again now like strangers comes again now like visitors and confirms this word to him and says your wife would give birth to a son and the Bible says here that Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent which was behind him you know and verse 11 says Abraham and Sarah were already very old and Sarah was past the age of childbearing glory to God in the highest so Sarah laughed to herself as she thought after I worn out and my Lord is old will I now have this pleasure Will I now have this pleasure? Will this promise come to pass? And they were stated, the Bible says, Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Verse 14, Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. The Bible says in verse 15, Sarah was afraid, so she lied and she said, I did not laugh. I know, but at what Yes, you did laugh. That's interesting because Sarah is laughing in her heart and God sees. And child of God, it's important for us to see that God sees our innermost thoughts. There's nothing hidden before him. God sees those thoughts that we are saying, we, we have in our hearts. And why is Sarah laughing? Because Sarah is looking at her circumstances. Sometimes, child of God, why we are laughing, why we are finding hard to believe is that we're looking at ourselves. We are forgetting that the God that we serve is the El Shaddai. He's the one who is able to make his promises come to pass. Glory to God in the highest. Remember when God appeared to Abraham in chapter 17, the very first thing he said to him, he revealed himself to him in a different dimension. He says, listen, I am the El Shaddai. I am all able. I am all powerful. I can do any and everything. Whatever I've said, I'm able to do it. That's why you can count on my faithfulness. And I don't know if Abraham told Sarah about this, but you see Sarah listening and hearing and still laughing. Why is she laughing? Because why is there unbelief? Because she's not looking at God. She's not looking at the bigness of God. She's looking at her situation. She's looking at her circumstances. Child of God, if we're going to experience the faithfulness of God, we need to take our eyes off what our circumstances are and put our eyes on the bigness of the God that we serve. Put our eyes on the things that he has done in the past, the things he has done for people. I know one of the things we always say here is that God is good. God is kind. God is willing and God is great enough. Glory to God in the highest. This prophecy that come, it was not, as I said, it was not something that was novel. It was something that was a confirmation of what Abraham has been hearing in his own private. And prophecies, child of God, are not given for our intellectual knowledge. They are given for us to war with them. 
You know, that's what Paul said to Timothy. He said, he said, war with those prophecies, those things that have been said concerning you. Go to God in a place of prayer and war with those things. Say, let these things indeed come to pass. War until they come to happen. Because some of these things are not going to happen until we take charge of them in the place of prayer. Bible makes us understand that Sarah laughed. And one of the reasons Sarah laughed is because of unbelief in her heart. Unbelief in her heart. They had come to the end of their strength. And that's what the Bible says. Said Abraham and Sarah, they were very old. You know, it was it was not something that was like, is this ever going to happen? And child of God, perhaps you have a promise from God and you've been thinking, is this ever going to happen? You've decided to sit down and just settle yourself in that and just think, well, maybe it's no more my destiny. Maybe that's not it. No, the story of Abraham and Sarah today reminds us again that if God has said something to us he's well able to do it and he has not forgotten the things that he has said to us when they came to the end of their ability they came to the end of their strength the bible makes us understand that god came and said this is what will happen and why did sarah have unbelief why did she laugh because child of god unbelief is actually an insult to god when we are not when we do not believe what god has said what we are doing is that we are doubting his abilities we are calling him a liar unbelief like i've said stems from a human perspective that leaves god out you know there have been several laughters in this place. In this whole story, we saw three laughters. There's this laughter of Abraham at one point in Genesis 17, which God did not really be big. And then there's this laughter of Sarah here, which was a laughter of unbelief. And God confronts this unbelief, you know, so that we he confronts this unbelief, saying to Sarah, listen, is anything too hard for me to, go, to for me to do? And what is God doing? There was a principle we see there. God is calling Sarah out of unbelief so that she can see, she can look at things from God's perspective. And unbelief actually leads to other things. Because guess the next thing Sarah says, Sarah lies and Sarah says, mm. No, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not, I'm not laughing. You know, one of the most loving things that God can do is to make us face our sin. God says to Sarah, why did you laugh? Make us face our sin. And that's how God is. God is not, if we, when we're working with God, we should be ready to, as it were, realize that our work with him is progressive. Our work with him, by the time we err or fail, we should be ready to come back and say, oh God, that thing that I did wasn't really right. Let me restore myself to fellowship with you. Let me restore myself to fellowship with you. God in his own mercy, comes to Abraham and says to Abraham, this is what I will do. But Abraham did not have received this. If he didn't go out of his way to receive this man, if he didn't go out of his way, as it were, to do good things for people who people were not going to pay him back. People who, as it were, did not have anything. He didn't have anything to gain from them. He just saw these people and he reached out to them. Child of God, this is where we're going to stop today. Experiencing the faithfulness of God. Of God, God comes again to Abraham. He comes no longer in the spectacular, he comes in the ordinary. God is willing to come to us in the ordinary. God loves to meet us in the ordinary, and in the ordinary, we can experience God. Our experience of God should not just be limited to you know the spectacular, thinking about the spectacular. No, 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 child of God. An ability to see God in our everyday dealings, our ability to go out of our way to help the people around us will cause us to experience the power of God, will cause us to see the faithfulness of God. Abraham got a reenactment of his promises because he went out of his way to meet strangers. He gave them a lavish reception. These were people who were just as it were going about their own business. Abraham could have just continued doing his siesta, acting like he didn't see these people. And our eyes should not be shut to the needs around us because child of God, right there where we are meeting those needs, God is able to meet us. God is able to meet us. God is able to meet us. We see the faithfulness of God. God bringing back his promises, saying to these people, this is 
what is going to happen. And although Sarah began to doubt, God brought Sarah back and said, listen, is anything too hard for me to do? And child of God, this, this, this morning, <laughs> if it's morning, wherever you are, it's another time for us to remind ourselves of the faithfulness of God and the need for us to remember the God that we serve is the El Shaddai. He met Abraham in the ordinary and he's willing to meet us in our ordinary everyday thing reminding us of his promises and reminding us that he is faithful father we thank you we thank you that we have been called your friends we thank you because we are your friends we thank you because you are faithful we thank you because we can depend on you we thank you because there's nothing too hard for you to do and we thank you because all the things the bible declares that all of your promises are yes in Christ Jesus, and these things that you've promised us, we believe them. We refuse unbelief. We refuse to look at things from human perspective, no matter how old, no matter how impossible it may seem in our life. We choose to trust in your faithfulness and your all power and all ability. And we would live for you. And we give you the glory this morning. Blessed be your name, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. We hope you have been blessed by the word of God today. We look forward to seeing you again next time on Feasting at the Table.